Hello, adventurers, and welcome to the final episode of Season 1 of the Narthonia Chronicles. I'm Hannah, your adventure guide, and this is Episode 8 of my podcast. Where we left off, the adventurers had returned from the western city after discovering Gregory was Eclipse's long-lost brother. The party contemplated what to do, and they decided to spend the night at the Shrine to the Goddess of Luck. However, when they awoke, they saw the pots their new sworn enemy, waltzing into town. The Chronicles of Narthonia, Episode 8, Skipping the Dimension. Maybe she didn't like the banana bread? Niku looked down at Helda as the group ducked behind a building. We need to get out of here. Wait, what about the sword? And Zeriel? We have to go back for them! No. You three leave through the back. I'll get them. Niku pointed towards the back gate and motioned for Eclipse, Gregory, and Helda to go. Niku, no! They'll catch you! Niku crouched down and took Helda's hands. They won't, Miku said, determined. Now go! She stood up and gestured for them to leave. She then ran in the opposite direction, along the back walls of the town square shops. She ducked into an alley and a few moments later emerged, now in the form of a small, blonde fox sporting two bushy tails. She kept running towards the inn. When she arrived, she went to the side of the window of the adventurer's room. She could see that the pots were coming over to the front door and quickened her pace. She stood up on her back walls and scratched at the glass of the window. On the other side, Zeriel approached the pane and looked out at the fox. She opened the window slightly, as if to test the waters, but Miku struggled through the gap and leapt onto the floor of the bedroom, whereupon she shifted back into her human form. Zeriel jumped back, startled. "'We have to get out of here,' Miku said as she quickly gathered up the party's belongings. "'They'll be here any minute.' As if on cue, they heard three loud knocks at the door. "'Who? What's going on?' Zeriel's mouse companion emerged from the folds of her cloak, curious at the commotion. "'Open up!' We know you're in there! I'll explain later, but we need to go. Another loud knock on the door. Now! Miku rushed over to the window and opened it all the way. She motioned for Zeriel to go before her, then followed her out, before throwing the sword at the window to the dragonborn. Miku reached back and shut the window, just as she heard the other door being knocked down inside. Follow me. We need to meet the others. Zeriel nodded and ran after Miku, still clutching the sword. They raced back through town to the back gate. Zeriel struggled to keep up with the weight of her pack and the sword, but Miku slowed to wait for her. When they made it to the short cobblestone wall, Miku leapt over and Zeriel followed. Helda, Eclipse, and Gregory were waiting for them in the field. Eclipse held the reins of two ponies and handed one to Miku when they approached. Where'd you find these? she asked, out of breath. How about you just say thanks, Eclipse responded, but we'll need them if we're going to outrun the pots. They've got horses of their own stabled at the gate. Niku grunted, but accepted the reins. Hop on, kid, she said to their newest companion. Zero climbed on top of the pony's back, but before Miku could mount herself, she collapsed onto the grassy ground. Miku. The adventurer now stood in a strange place. The ground beneath her was white, almost like a cloud, and golden rays of sunlight emanated from a point in front of her. As she squinted her eyes to adjust, she saw that the point was actually a figure, It was a man, or so it appeared, who sported a golden breastplate and white tunic. His skin was a golden color from the light, and his hair was cut short, rustling in the wind. 
His face was stern, but his eyes were soft and welcoming. Miku felt a sudden rush of joy when she saw him, though she knew not who he was. Miku, the figure spoke again. You must lead them to the end of your journey. You must follow me. Me? Miku said to the figure. But why? Why must I lead? You have been chosen. It is your destiny. But I don't know how to lead. I don't know where to go or how to get there. I can't- Enough! You have been chosen. Whether you take the path the universe has laid out for you is your choice, but know that I am with you wherever you go. Miku took a step back as she felt a wave of energy wash over her. Miku. The figure faded, and Miku no longer stood on the cloud. Instead, she saw before her a mountain, its snow-capped peak glistening in the morning sun. She recognized it instantly. Then, it was gone. Miku! Hilda kneeled on the ground next to her fallen companion. Are you alright? Miku looked up at the blue sky and passed the line of trees to the horizon. In the distance, though still appearing quite large, stood the mountain from her vision. It towered over all those around it, and it dwarfed the tiny trees and foothills that surrounded it. I know where we have to go. Hilda followed Miku's line of sight to the mountain. Up there? How? I... I just know. Come on, we need to go. Miku hopped up from the ground and mounted the pony. Eclipse did the same, and Cereal and Helda each hopped on behind another. Gregory hopped onto a small basket strapped to the very back of Eclipse's pony. Where'd you find that? Some old lady's back porch. She won't be needing it. Let's go. Eclipse nodded, and the two ponies started forward at a relatively timely pace for the cargo they carried. They set out northeast towards the mountains, following the inside edge of the forest. When they were nearing the turn away from the trees, however, something very strange happened— to the rest of the party, it appeared as if Hilda disappeared from the back of her pony for a moment, then reappeared a few seconds later. To Hilda, however, the story was different. She was suspended above a great plain, rolling hills of farmland stretched out beneath her. Then the vision switched, and she saw a different mountain range, with peaks so high they pierced the sky. Then at last she saw a winding river, greater than any she had seen before, then landed again on the backside of her pony rather dazed. Miku stopped her pony, and Eclipse in response stopped hers. What was that? Hilda, still flustered, replied, I don't... I don't know. There was this place, a different land with fields and mountains, and sounds a lot like right here, Eclipse remarked. No, these mountains, they were much taller, and the fields went on forever, out into the horizon. That's very strange. We need to keep moving, though. Then, Ziriel too disappeared from the back of her pony. She had a similar vision, but instead of the fields and mountains, she saw a city. Her city. When she returned, she was no longer on the back of her pony, but on the ground, and gasped for air. These visions! I know what they are. You do? Hilda asked. It's... I saw... My home! These visions are of my world! Narthonia? Wait, Narthonia as in the Narthonia sword? Miku pointed to the sword strapped to Ziriel's back. Then she looked behind her. Narthonia, that's my home world. This sword? 
Your world is the world of that entity that Gregory saw in his vision. That's where we were meant to go all along. An entity? Miku asked. Yes, that's why Gregory needs the sword to talk. There was this some kind of being that promised to heal him if he brought his sword back to him in his home world. Gregory, what did this entity look like? Zerio, hand him the sword. Zerio, quite confused at all this, unstrapped the sword from her back and cautiously handed it to the frog. It's... Just as Gregory began to speak, Helda disappeared once more. This vision, however, was different from the first. It was sunset, and Helda stood on the top of a cliff facing a large lake. In front of her was a tree, a willow with pink blossoms. She knew this place. She took a few steps forward and brushed the trunk with her fingertips. She looked up at its branches, and something caught her eye. A large gold ring dangled from a bough just above the halfling's head. It had a small engraving of a flame. Hilda clutched her heart and let out a sob, though she didn't know why. Then she was back on the fields of the common realm, surrounded by her fellow adventurers. Hilda, Talk to me! Miku stared Hilda in the eyes. She was now propped up on a tree just inside the forest. What did you see? I... I don't know. Okay. There was a tree. And a ring. And... She gasped and pulled out her ring. It was the same, other than the size and engraving. Come on, we need to get out of the open. Miku led the two ponies a little deeper into the trees, and the other adventurers followed. We can continue on through the forest, and climb the mountain from the other side. Climb the mountain? What, do you think a dragon would nest at the bottom of a perilous mountain? Fair. Eclipse surveyed the dense underbrush of the lesser-traveled part of the forest. I don't think the ponies will be able to get through that, though. Unless you want the journey to take a month. We'll travel on foot, then. Let the ponies go. They'll find their way home. Miku? Helda asked, weakly. She turned back around to face her. What if this keeps happening? How are we going to fight a dragon like this? I don't know. But we owe it to the people of Wellsbrook. Especially now, she said, gesturing to the ponies. Well, we better start moving again, Helda stood up, brushed herself off, and started into the forest. Eclipse reluctantly let go of the pony's reins and gave them both a pat on the nose, before they turned and ran off towards the town. The adventurers then followed Helda into the brush. After this, the blips, as the party dubbed them, happened every quarter of an hour or so to a random party member at a seemingly random time. Miku was next, and she saw the same fields as Helda the first time. When she returned, she was suspended a few feet in the air and made a loud crash when she fell. They then heard voices in the distance and quickened their pace. By midday, they reached the base of the mountain and spotted a narrow, perilous path winding up the slope. When they started their climb, they started blipping again, and more frequently. Every few minutes or so, one of them had a vision, and soon enough they stopped discussing what each other saw and simply kept moving up the mountain. Ah! Hilda reappeared from one of her blips in midair, several meters off the path. She began to plummet towards the base of the mountain below. Hilda! Miku grabbed the rope she kept tied to her pack and tossed it down. Hilda grabbed onto the tip and held on for dear life as Miku pulled her back up. We need to be more careful, Eclipse remarked. Let's just get to the top of this mountain and... She blipped out of the world and back in a few feet up the path. Oh my god, will it ever end? Let's just keep moving. 
Miku stood up and helped Helda to her feet. They kept moving up the path. The sun was lower in the sky when at last they reached the top, and they were met by a large flat surface with a few stones jutting up from the ground. There were snow and ice covering patches of a tile floor with strange runes engraved in a pattern. Whoa, Helda said, pointing to a large white mound off to the side of the platform. A faint rumble shook the mountain. What? What was that? Miku asked, steadying herself. She then blipped out and landed again near Zeriel. The dragon, the dragonborn said ominously. The party then slowly made their way towards the mound. Eclipse approached and brushed some snow off, then blipped out and away from the white scales. What do we do? Helda asked. We kill it. Miku drew her short swords and started charging towards the dragon. She blipped, however, and it took her back to where she began. That may be difficult. We need a plan, Helda said. Gregory then hopped up and pointed at five places around the white mound of scales. He thinks we should surround it and all attack at once. Aim for the wings, stop it from flying. Eclipse made a certain motion with her hands, then closed her eyes. She blipped, but when she landed again, she opened them. However, a strange look passed over her face. What the- she blipped again. I can't- I can't call upon my god. We'll just have to do this the old-fashioned way, Halda said and pulled out her scimitar. Eclipse smiled and drew her mace. The party then split up and each took a position around the dragon. Miku and Helda took a place at one of the dragon's huge wings, which were sprawled out as he slept. Eclipse and Zerio went to the other, and Gregory stood near the tail. Ready? Miku asked. Let's do this, Eclipse replied, and lifted her mace above her head. Miku and Helda readied their weapons, and Zerio poised a dagger above the thin webbing of the wing. Now, Miku shouted, and pierced her short sword into the wing. Eclipse let her mace fall in the joint, and Zeriel made a large slash in the skin. The dragon awoke with a roar and lifted itself up, sending the adventurers flying backwards. It bent its knees and took to the sky, flapping once and sending a gust of wind to the ground, blowing away the snow to reveal a thick layer of slick ice. Helda tried to stand up, but slipped and fell back down. The wing Eclipse had smashed was faulty, however, and the dragon was slowly veering downward, each flap strained on that side. The cut in the other wing also posed a serious disadvantage, but it remained strong as it spied its opponents from above. On the ground, Miku was able to gain some footing on the ice and dashed over to Helda. She helped her up as well, but then blipped and landed on the other side of the platform. Helda saw this and had an idea. Hey, you! Scale-faced dragon breath! Over here! She waved her arms and caught the dragon's eye. It swooped down towards Helda and prepared to attack, but Helda was ready. As the dragon barreled towards her, she fell backwards and simply let go. It worked. She blipped out of the world, seeing a small pond in a meadow, then was pulled back, landing behind the dragon, who, with its injured wings, was unable to pull itself back up and crashed a bit onto the platform. It recovered quickly, however, and pulled itself back together. Helda took the opportunity and ran over to the dragon's tail. As he lifted himself back up and took flight, Helda grabbed on and was pulled up with him. Helda! Miku shouted from the ground. Helda, however, was unfazed by the gap between her and the earth below, and used the dragon's spikes to pull herself up onto its back. She then grabbed her rope and quickly lashed it to the tallest of these spikes, tying the other to her waist. She took her scimitar and drove it down between the dragon scales. It then turned its head around and saw Helda upon its back, rearing up. 
He tried to snap at her with its teeth, but she dodged out of the way. The dragon then swooped down and made a sharp turn, almost throwing Helda off its back. On the ground below, Eclipse and Cereal had gathered themselves and stood up on the icy tiles. This isn't working. We aren't strong enough. Not with the blipping. As if on cue, she blipped out and in. We need to try something else, Eclipse replied, and squinted up at the dragon, its scales shining in the afternoon sun. Miku stood about twenty feet from them, and was trying to shoot an arrow at the dragon, but couldn't seem to make a hit, and she was worried about hitting Helda by accident. Helda, meanwhile, was still wrangling with the dragon, trying her best not to be thrown off by his movements. He flew up a little higher and did a loop in the sky, and she barely held onto the rope as she dangled in midair. Then, suddenly, she blipped out again and lost her grip on the roof. She plummeted down towards the platform and her friends below, and was barely saved by another well-timed blip, landing on her feet next to Miku, a bit dazed. The dragon then hovered triumphantly before preparing its next attack. Suddenly, the dragon swooped down towards Helda and Miku. Helda ducked behind her first companion, and Miku shielded her eyes from the brilliance of the white scales while brandishing her short sword. The dragon descended upon them and let out a breath as he flew just above their heads. Helda escaped this icy grasp, but Miku collapsed on the platform, shivering from a magical cold. Miku. Miku stood up, surrounded by complete darkness. Miku. She recognized the voice. You must lead them. Get up. But I... Get up. Miku was filled with a wave of energy and awoke. She stood up on the ice and saw Eclipse and Cereal rushing towards them. Cereal blipped and came closer. Miku, I have an idea, but without my power, I... Miku placed her hand on the lizard folk's shoulder. Gregory came over to the group and stood behind her. Miku blipped in and out. Then, in a state of calm, she said, You can do this, and nodded to Eclipse. She let out a sigh and nodded back. You three need to get out of here. The blipping is too unpredictable. Try to get out of his sight, but get ready. The adventurers didn't quite know what this meant, but figured it was their only hope. The blipping was beginning to become furious. Every few seconds, one of them would blip in and out. Eclipse centered herself on the platform, and Zeriel stood a few paces behind her. Eclipse then yelled up at the dragon, who was circling overhead, surveying its opponents on the ground below. Hey, you stinky, smelly dragon wannabe! You're so poor! That's so pathetic! I bet you can't even fly as high as the other real dragons! You're such a disappointment! Cereal then repeated the statement in the tongue of dragons, and imbued it with an extra insult. The dragon then roared in response, and growled in the same tongue. Cereal then grinned and nodded to Eclipse. Then, suddenly, the dragon soared upwards, its damaged wing forcing it to veer a little to the left. It flew so high the clouds parted for it, and his scales become too bright to look at. It then looked down at the two insulters and roared in triumph. Eclipse then closed her eyes and sent a cry out into the universe. It was a call of help, of hope, and of sorrow. As she whipped in and out of that world, her call traveled through hundreds, searching for someone, something, anything that would listen. Then... The other adventurers watched through their constant blips as Eclipse rose up off the ground a little, her eyes glowing and arms outstretched up towards the dragon. Then, the world tore open as a radiant flame bore down on the dragon, which looked on in terror.
Then it fell, its damaged wings stopping it from catching air. Eclipse lowered back down onto the ground and drew the sword, which glowed in a similar fashion. Miku, Helda, and Gregory emerged from their cover and watched the dragon fall through the sky, then land, shaking the platform, which crumbled a little. They were all blipping in and out like never before, but made their way over to the dragon. They surrounded it, and each placed a hand, or a webbed foot in Gregory's case, on the hilt of the sword. As they each stood there, hand on a shared hilt, their beings split between worlds, they looked into each other's eyes. Miku smiled, and they all at once drove the sword down into the dragon's heart. The adventurers stood on a dirt path in a grassy meadow. The sky above them was blue, and birds flitted amongst the fruit trees that surrounded them in neat, organized rows. They looked around, dazed, and their eyes landed on each other. Ziriel, who stood in the middle of the group, let out a sigh of relief. Welcome to Narthonia. End of Chapter 8 and End of Season 1 Guys, we did it! We've officially made it to the end of the first season of the Narthonia Chronicles. This is absolutely insane. We've built such an amazing community around this shared story and experience, and I have to say it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Don't worry, however, there will be a season two. I'm taking a few weeks off to plan and prepare, as well as focus on my upcoming finals. Yes, I know, unfortunately, school does exist, but I hope to have the first episode out around early June. Until then, you should come check out the official TNC Discord server. It's such a fun place, and I would love to hear all of your theories about what's already happened and what's coming in Season 2. If you'd like to join, the link is in the podcast description down below. But... Until next time, and until season two, farewell, adventurers.